okay, what exactly is it that you do? So my actual like business is I'm an awareness coach. So what I do is I help people, specifically millennial women, learn how to trust and hear their own inner voice aside from all the fluff that people have told us. So the reason my inspiration for doing this is, you know, I was born into a really broken family. I had a mother constantly telling me that I was a mistake, that I had no purpose being here. The only reason I exist was because my father forced her to carry me to term and that I ruined her life and that I was just this burden. So these were starting to become my beliefs of myself. And so this is inadvertently how I started to react with, with the world around me. And so because I felt like shit about myself on the inside, these are the experiences I was drawing towards myself on the outside. And once I started to flip that script, once I started to pay attention to what my true inner voice was telling me, not these words that my mom put in my head, and I started to become more self-aware of how I felt towards things, more self-aware of how I felt towards myself, once I started to learn how to truly love myself, that's when my outside started to also reflect on the inside. And I started to attract these more positive experiences, more positive people who truly loved me for who I was. And yeah, my whole life just flipped around. So now I one-on-one coach others on how to become more aware of themselves and aware of their surroundings and learn how to differentiate the difference between their internal monologue and an external dialogue. Well, that was a good intro. (laughs) 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 What's your business called? It's called... 1111 Illuminations. And the inspiration from that, you can see I have an 1111 tattoo here. And when I was in my early 20s, that was kind of the peak of my monstrosity is what I like to call it when I was really just at the lowest of my low truly hated myself. I was in an exceptionally toxic relationship And I ended up being cheated on in this relationship. And that really just completely took a toll on me. It triggered my obsessive compulsive disorder. It triggered my anxiety. And I just became this like shell of a person that truly lost themselves. You can see in this video, I'm a tiny person as it is. And when I was going through this breakup, I legitimately became skin and bones. Like I could not eat anything. I couldn't keep anything down. Even water, I would just like bring back up. It was (laughs) so excruciating. And once I started to, you know, get back to who I was, I started to sing again and make friends again because I was cheated on, but somehow all the friends went to the other side of the relationship. So I literally had to start from ground zero. A complete purge, hey? Yeah, like just literally had to restart. Yeah. And so um, once I started to do that and I started to laugh again and I started to just be Carolina again, I started to see 1111 everywhere. And I mean everywhere. At the time, I was working at a clothing store. My first sale of the day would be at 1111. You know, I would go out with some of my new friends and I wouldn't have looked at my phone all day and I would decide to just pull it out to see if anything, time would be 11-11. If I was at home and I was hungry, I would walk into my living room or my kitchen, 
time on the microphone, 1111. Like I was seeing it twice a day, every single day. So I Googled what it meant because I'm a spiritual person, as you know, we all know. <laughs> and it meant that now I'm a spiritual person. I'm not a religious person, but it meant that when you see a set of repetitive numbers, it means that God's messenger angels or the universe or whatever it is that you believe in is sending you a message. And 1111 means on the right path. So it was when I started to live my true life, when I started to get back to who I was internally, that's when the universe was like, yes, child, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You are finally back on the right path to where your true purpose is in this world. And so I got it tattooed on me to always remind myself to never lose myself in someone else again, be it a parent, be it a relationship, a friendship, anything, to just always stay true to who I am. Because anyone that doesn't jive with that, they'll remove themselves from the picture and they're not meant to be in my picture. And when I stay true to that, I will draw the people who are meant to be in that picture, whose energies do align with mine, whose vibrations or who are at the same frequency as myself. So when it came time to to name my business, 1111 just was without a doubt something that had to be in there. But I didn't know what what else to go with it. I was like, 1111 Enterprises sounds so cheesy and so corporate-y. I was like, I'm not into that. So I just, I kept going. I pulled out a thesaurus and I was like, what other, you know, what other words do I like? And illuminations just kind of popped out at me. And I was like, oh my God, like that makes me feel illuminated. And that's what I want to do. I want to light people up. Like, let's get everybody sparkling in this world. Let's shine everyone up. So 1111 Illuminations came to be. That's Okay, so there's a little bit of irony in this because uh, my house that we are sitting in is 1118. (laughs) (laughs) So the building I live in, a few years ago, I lived in this building. When I was going through this whole monstrosity phase, I lived in this building. I lived in the basement in Unit 3. And then a few years ago when I was finding a new place to live because I had a roommate and I was just like, I can't live with other people. I just need to be by myself. I called this building again because it's really cheap rent. I I love the location. I'm in the middle of Osborne Village. And so I called them. I was like, hey, do you have any openings? And they said, not right now, but a lot of leases are coming to end in June, July. So when we we find out who's not re-signing, we'll call you. So they called me, I moved back in, and I'm in unit 11. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So ironic. (laughs) It sounds like when we were listening, when I was listening to you talk about naming your business, it sounded like us, like the thesaurus, like we did totally did that with Revive. Um, Like we're in the process of building this, I guess, retreat company or wellness, whatever it is. We don't quite know yet, but um, (laughs) when we were like in the process of naming it, up with the name we were like what and so what were some of the words we started with it was like we we started with retreat and we both hated it <laughs> we hated retreat because it, it you sounds like from? yeah you're running away we don't want anyone to run away mm. find themselves want them to go inward yes yeah. so we're like no we can't like this isn't right so uh man we went everywhere well, and then it was like supported 
equine retreats, but then you had a retreat thing didn't work. And they were like, well, we can't just have the equine stuff either. And so then we went like reconnect for a while. And then it was like, mm, no, too cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow we eventually came across Revive because like the Revitalize. Revitalize. Yeah, we did Revitalize and we're like, well, that's too much. But then Revive came up and like the symbolism behind the letter V was just like perfect. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Very feminine, but like also very powerful and like can take it many directions. Yeah. 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 But it's thesaurus. It's handy. <laughs> yeah, one of uh, one of the other Athena members actually recommended that I do that because I was just like, "This is so hard. Like, how do you name a business? C- can you imagine when I have to name a child? <laughs> oh my goodness! Please name it eleven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, eh? It, it can just be L for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm ways you can go with this I actually I have a name that I want to name because I really want a boy my partner really wants a girl we're going to compromise have one naturally adopt the opposite gender (laughs) (laughs) and so I have my perfect name for a boy but I literally have no idea what I want to name a girl because I love my name it's Carolina and I mean nobody says it like that but I love it so I was just like you know what men name their offspring after themselves all the time so like what why can't a woman do it so if I have a daughter she might just be Carolina and I'm going to call her Lola for short (laughs) for differentiation (laughs) nice um do you want to tell her what what the tarot was you drew for this morning's podcast oh yeah uh super fun uh the horse sorry the horse yeah, really pulled the horse. Uh, I have uh, the animal spirit uh, tarot cards. So uh, that's my Chinese zodiac. More irony, or is that the right word? Am I using the right word right now? I don't know if you are. I don't know if I am. You might be Alanis more setting the word irony right now. I might be Alanis more setting, and I'm repeating. So, <laughs> are you meaning coincidence? <laughs> Maybe. Um. I'll wake up eventually. One espresso. <laughs> and so then Kat, yeah, we can go here. Oh, yeah. uh, Kat took me to a breathwork uh, class last night in Calgary. Um, very exciting stuff. Went to some super crazy places. I have never gone anywhere like that in a meditation. <laughs> like the, the difference in the breathwork and, and why. Yeah. Why do you go to that place by breathing? How much are we not breathing? A lot. Yeah, so I've been studying, um, I've been doing my facilitator training in the style of breath work. Mm-hmm. Kind of on this journey for myself for a while. And so Sarah's just listening to me like, oh my God, this happened and this happened and like all summer. And so finally I was like, Sarah, you're just coming with me to this. And like, it was wild. I had a wilder ride. Well, not even a wild, I had a different ride than I've had before, but Sarah had a great ride for her first, <laughs> first time. Mine was all like heart emotion stuff. And I was like, oh God, I don't want to do any of this, but I have to. <laughs> yeah and what did we end up finding out from your heart emotion stuff uh a lot (laughs) you're not gonna go into no no okay okay all right that's fair I will say though I spoke to someone on my podcast a few weeks ago who is also a modern witch and she battled cancer when she was a teenager through her entire chest cavity and she believes that 
she manifested this cancer because she lost her father to cancer and she was suffering from a broken heart that she wasn't dealing with emotionally. And then her body was like, we're going to force you to deal with this. And she manifested cancer. She's in remission now. Thank the universe. And she has a, a lovely spouse and a beautiful child. And she's just like killing the spiritual world. But yeah, it's just, it's crazy what we can do to our bodies when we, and I mean, I'm not saying you don't want to have this conversation at all. I mean, you probably just don't want to put it out there for the rest of the world to hear. But yeah, just interesting. Anybody who knows me, I'm pretty open to all this stuff. Yeah. I haven't clarified most of it. Like, I don't know how to, like, verbalize most of it. Like, even when on the car at home yesterday, we were going through, like, I was like, I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm remembering my childhood. Oh, there's my teenagers. And Sarah's playlist didn't help. Sarah was taking me through, well, it did help. But she's taking me through, like, a whole emo playlist for my heart chakra. <laughs> she has a talent around building music playlists around chakras. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, that is legitimately how I used to filter my emotions growing up. Because I was just, my default setting was anger. And like anytime I was feeling anything, I just, you know, went to anger because it was my most comfortable setting. But like music would help me be like, okay, am I sad? Am I confused? Like, what am I feeling right now? I love that. That's super cool. Cause that's, uh, I wonder how many other people, that is exactly how I dealt with all of my emotions. And it wasn't until I grew up that I realized that the music that I listened to was incredibly angry music. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I just, I was like, oh, this is such a happy song. Like this song brings me so much joy. And people would be like, that's screamo, Sarah. And I was like, no, it's happy music. Can't like, listen, listen to it. It's happy. <laughs> or when you show someone a song and you're like, oh, listen to this part right here. Listen, listen to the music. And then they're like, wow, those lyrics are really depressing. You're like, oh, really? Are yeah. they? It sounds beautiful though. It like fills my heart. <laughs> It's where it, that, I think you said it last night. It's, um, it's where it hits you yeah. yeah, and just how it makes you feel. And it, it's going to be different for everybody, but, uh, there's like, um, there's just some people's voices that just hit you in your heart. Um, and then there's other people's voices that probably stab you in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, there, there have been certain podcast episode episodes that I like I listen to um and I love the host but if I can't stand their guest's voice I'm like no I can't do it and the word like if someone says like every third every third word I have to turn it off oh my god like yeah I I can't do it I just love it (laughs) (laughs) I can't I won't I won't do my California impersonation it might come out California podcaster yeah I'm just gonna start California (laughs) podcasting at any moment now and don't get me wrong I mean there's a there's a time and place for the word like but my grade seven teacher anytime you would say the word like in a sentence she would stop you and make you start your sentence over so (laughs) amazing teacher (laughs) yeah (laughs) and also if you said ah she'd be like be quiet think about what you're going to say you sound like a cretin Yeah, she was this like crickety old woman who I just adored. She was savage. (laughs) And you're a better person for her. I am. I truly believe those teachers that stand out in your minds, like they, teachers have such an important role. And I just, I cannot believe they are paid such 
crap. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tangent for the education system, I guess. <laughs> We're going to like side past that whole topic because that will go poorly very quickly. Yeah, that will go poorly. And let's talk about, back to you, um, you were talking about, <laughs> um, oh no, I did it. Now I'm going to start saying I'm in like, uh, and driving you crazy. How would you, what would be the advice that you would give people like in, in what you were talking about early, like you really shared a pretty intense uh, early on experience and actually Let's take this a little witchcrafty. Um, have you ever done palm reading? When I was a kid, I was really fascinated with it. But here's the thing. My mom is an incredibly spiritual person and she is a witch herself, but she is so, and I mean, I haven't spoken to her in six years, so I don't know anything about her life. I don't even know if she's alive, but she is so terrified of that word. And she's also such a religious person. And this is not to say that I don't believe that witchcraft and religion can go hand in hand because I think they're, you know, the basis of, of being a witch is just being internally connected and spiritual and, and believing in healing and herbs and, and all of that naturalness. But for her, it was like, she would, do like eaching readings and palm readings and read tea leaves and have a tarot deck. And then anytime I would like try to get interested in it, she would, you know, ostracize me for it. And she would, she would, I don't know. It was so weird. Now I'm like remembering all these things. I used to have to like sneak out of the house with my friends and like go to these witchcraft stores and, you know, hide books under my bed. And it was so interesting, even though she was doing them herself. And this just brings up another thing. Like she was a singer or she is a singer, whatever. And anytime I would try to sing, she would tell me to shut up and that, you know, like I wasn't any good and there was no point. So just like stop singing. So it's just so interesting. I don't know if it's because my mother had me at such a young age. She had me when she was 19. So we grew up more like siblings than anything. And a witch told her that I have a very old soul and she has a very new soul. So I don't know if it was like she was threatened or jealous or whatever it was but I always ended up taking the parental role in our relationship even though I was the daughter so it was something that I was very interested in as a child but then just having like all these blockages put on me by my mother like stopped me from doing anything so it's actually only been in recent years that I've kind of reopened myself up to being a witch reopened myself up to reading tarot and oracle cards and having crystals all over my house and uh and doing all that because I'm just like nope this is my reality I was in finance wasn't happy now we're gonna do this (laughs) wow that's like the the age-old story. I was in finance and I became unhappy. (laughs) That's like, you know what? Like not to like push it down or anything, but that's like the millennial story. I don't know. I don't know how many people I know that that's exactly what they said. And it like, they came to this realization that that just wasn't working and they were miserable and chasing money is our parents' generation. Um, but not even like chasing money in this functional way. Cause I'm still chasing money. Like I still see those dollar signs. Cause I know actually I just wrote a new affirmation here. 
the journal's coming out. <laughs> uh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, money opens me up to do more good and asking for it allows me to do that. So I'm still chasing those dollar signs. I'm just doing it in a way that feels more intrinsic to me. I'm still doing it in a way where I can honor my spirituality, where I can honor my purpose and what I was destined here to do for other women who are have been in similar situations to myself. But I'm not doing it in this like functional nine to five, I'm a financier kind of way. Like that doesn't resonate with me. But is that chasing it or is that being open to it? Oh yeah, I guess that's a that's a good a good way to frame it. I mean, right now I feel like I'm chasing it, but <laughs> uh, I hope that goes away one day. <laughs> okay, so back to the palm reading. This yeah. has gone in so many other directions. <laughs> so okay, between your pointer finger and your thumb, and where there's like the two lines, like that you've got. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, oh, you can't see me pointing at it. Okay, so in between there... Look Wait, at, you want my right hand, right? Yeah. But I can't see it, so you're going to have to... Okay. Okay, so this, this right here. Look at me. Take your hand okay. away. Okay, good. <laughs> right here. I can't focus when your hand is there. Right there. Okay, I have two. Okay, and where they're together, do they join or are they separate? No, they're separate. Okay. What do they look like? Are they smooth or are they crisscrossed? Uh, they, they don't connect, but they're branchy looking. Branchy looking? Yeah. So that means that uh, that's um, childhood trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I got lots of that. <laughs> Wait, in here? Yeah. Oh. Oh. If I do oh. this, can you see it more? A little bit. Yeah, that's, yeah, super branchy, super branchy, childhood trauma. So, settle down. Um, (laughs) So, we all have this. Um, But, like, for our listeners, you can check that out. And if you've had childhood trauma, it's, like, it pretty much, I've got, like, an actual line through mine. Yeah. That's, it's very aggressive. Um, Yours is wrinkly. Um, So, they, like, (laughs) when you're looking at things, like, if you believe in this, like, that your soul came up with a plan, um, your soul planned for your mother to be like that so that you would find witchcraft on your own yeah, and not, and at the same time, um, become stronger because of it. And it's so crazy when you start like flipping around all of the things in your life and like, I'm preaching to the choir right now, uh, interject at any moment. That was the correct word. Um, <laughs> like, like, ah. Uh, ah, <laughs> now I'm watching when look at all your previous life experiences instead of I was a victim and this hurt because and you say you know what they how, how to say they sacrificed happiness in that part of their life to teach me this lesson. Mm -hmm. Your mother sacrificed having a daughter so that she could teach you a lesson. And that is like like, huge sacrifice because like, just even how you talk about a daughter that doesn't even exist is with love and the excitement of that relationship. She completely sacrificed it so that you can be you and not a typical millennial working in finance. So 
let's just send some love to your mom. (laughs) (laughs) No. And it's so interesting that you say that because I have recently, you know, cut off connections with my dad as well. And he keeps, he keeps trying to like interject himself in my life and it just keeps causing me pain and he's not respecting or listening to anything that I'm saying. And it took that for me to be like, you know what? My mom has almost done me a service these last six years in just leaving me alone. Cause I used to criticize her and I used to really take that to heart. Like, why doesn't she want to get to know me? Like, why am I not enough for her? You know, but I feel like she's almost done me a favor in staying away because her and I have a very tumultuous relationship. And I feel like I keep craving this relationship that I want it to be, not that it actually is. So, you know, like having learned that in the past, you know, year, you know, I have become more... And this is not to say that I was unforgiving to my mom. Our very last conversation with her, I ended the conversation with, listen, like, I love you. I forgive you. I know that you are battling your own demons. And I forgive you, you know, for everything that you put me through and everything that you had done to me. And she kind of laughed at it and scoffed it off and whatever. But I had said my piece and kind of forgiving her. But it took this last year in order for me to really be almost thankful for her for just going away. That's such a cool, it's the ultimate forgiveness, like unconditional forgiveness and unconditional love that you end up learning from those scenarios Mm -hmm. because you, you're loving and forgiving despite all of the faults and despite all of the the scenarios where you maybe were the victim or uh, if you can like we can use that word especially with kids but like in the in that scenario it's the ultimate form of forgiveness because you're not forgiving oh as if you ate the last chicken nugget like I'll forgive you for it I guess (laughs) it's the ultimate forgiveness because you're forgiving her for not being a mom yeah which is so huge and when you can move past that it completely changes you. Yeah. Changes you. Yeah. Well, my mantra is positive outcomes only. And I was literally just interviewing someone on a call before this for my podcast. And we were talking about how my mantra, like people listen to that and just assume that, you know, my life has been la-di-da and like super positive all the time. And I, I see the world with rose colored glasses and I believe positivity is the only outcome to ever have existed. And it's like, no, if you actually look at my lifeline, if you look at my timeline, like I've gone through some serious traumas and like, I fully recognize that there is evil out there. I fully recognize that there is negative experiences and obstacles that we need to work through and learn from. And whenever the universe sends you something that you don't want, it's not because it's not listening to what you don't want. It's because that there are messages and lessons in those experiences that you need to learn that will help you ultimately reach your end goal. And so when I say positive outcomes only, that doesn't mean that I think the entire journey is going to be this positive experience and everything is just going to magically work out at every step of the way. It just means that when we come to the end of that, it's a positive outcome only at the end. That's the only option. If it's not a positive outcome, it means you're still learning. It means you're still working towards something. It means you still have things to go through 
when you have reached that positive outcome, then you can kind of like sit back, rejoice, accept that, embrace it, and then move on to the next thing. <laughs> that, that is a fabulous explanation of that. Like absolutely fabulous. Everything is an opportunity and it, it's just how you look at it. Yeah. Absolutely everything. Um, this, like, this past month has been so gritty. I broke my ankle. Venus. <laughs> and that little bitch. Not you, Venus. Um, <laughs> and the breaking the ankle has been like, it was the best thing that happened to me this year for growth. Mm-hmm. For growth. Yeah. It, it's just been so incredible because it ended up taking me on a completely different path. And the things that keep popping up for me is you don't know the path that you're supposed to be on trust. You're not following your path yet. Trust. It keeps coming up. So what did it do? It broke my ankle to get me off the path. (laughs) Remember my Instagram post where I had to pay $200 to get my car back because I put going to my immediate job instead of working on my business and the universe was like no 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 child (laughs) no that was me (laughs) lesson learned but no I I always tell people there are always two ways that you can look at anything and even this even Trump being in power right now atrocious a joke makes me want to gouge my eyes and ears out but it's a learning experience because look at all the cockroaches that are coming out in the States and around the world. Make America great again. What are you talking about? You know, like you are lesser than me because your skin color is darker. What? <laughs> Build the wall. Keep the Mexicans out. They're going to rape and pillage. What are you talking about? But... But here I am thinking, oh, we're progressing as a society. Look how great we are. Like, look how far we've come. Now this cockroach gets put in power and all the little cockroaches are coming out. And now those of us who are, you know, enlightened and aligned with reality and what what is good and prosperous, we're looking at these cockroaches and being like, "Mm, yes, we still have a lot more work to do. We still have a lot more educating to do. That's a learning experience. Yeah, it is awful that this is still happening, but at least now we know it's a reality and we know where we need to put our efforts in. That's, yeah, that's so true. That's how I've thought about all this stuff too, where it's like, and I tell this to clients all the time in terms of like pain and recovery and whatever. It's like, as long as things are changing, we're on a path forwards. And sometimes that change isn't going to be a relief of symptoms. Sometimes it's not going to be like a positive outcome right away. But if things are changing, we're moving. And if we're moving, we're going somewhere. And if we're going somewhere, we have the chance to find something better. So it's like even something extremely negative, like whatever, an increase of symptoms or something bad happening or you breaking your ankle, like whatever, or Trump being in power, like all those things are just, yeah, things to work on, things to be aware. Like now we're aware of them. Now there's no yeah. to build that awareness and say, okay, well, if we know this is happening and we can develop a plan forwards from here and deal with it, like it was that if you're aware of it, you would have a solution. Like, <laughs> And that's why I call myself an awareness coach. I don't like the term life coach or mindset coach. If somebody else wants to use those terms because that's aligned with them, that's amazing. I'm not here to pass judgment on anyone, but I coin myself an awareness coach because I feel like that's my purpose. I'm that 
thorn in everyone's side that says what everybody is thinking, but they don't want to hear it. You know, I'm the blunt and honest best friend that's like, those pants look awful on you. (laughs) If you're happy in them, cool, wear them. But I think you would look better in something else. That's just my opinion. I'm going to say it. You take it and do with it what you will. But I'm here to bring awareness to certain things. I'm here to bring awareness to your life. I'm here with the podcast to bring awareness to certain issues, to bring awareness to people's stories. And I think that is so key because once we start being aware of things, we can't turn a blind eye to them anymore. And it's phenomenal how many people are just unaware. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And I, and I say, you know, kind of tying it back into to what we were talking about. And I love that you said, you know, my mom sacrificed having a daughter to make me who I am. I like that lifted my heart. And I always say in, in my episodes, when I talk about something traumatic that I've gone to gone through, I'm like, I wouldn't change it. And I know a lot of people look at me and they're like, oh, like you, you would still have gone through that. And I said, yes, because going through these things helped me and turned me into who I am and helped me prepare to be able to be there for other people going through this. So, you know, I experienced sexual assault at eight years old. So when my first friend came to me as a teenager, I already knew how to process that and help her through it because I had gone through it at such a young age. And so when people hear me say, like, I wouldn't change that, I wouldn't because I wouldn't have been equipped to help everyone else. And the numbering is heartbreaking how many people have come to me with their sexual assault stories but they come to me because I have my own, because I went through my own experience. And because I went through it so young, I had a long time for people to use me as a resource and an outlet and an ear to, to listen to them and to believe them. It's turning your traumas into tools, turning wounds into wisdom. Yep. And that, I think that that, that's a lot, a lot of what, being a modern witch is transformation. Yeah. It's transformation of it's alchemy. It, it, yeah. It's straight up alchemy. Yeah. And that that's every aspect of your life, turning the breath into renewed life mm-hmm. or the breath into the birthing. It's yeah. what they were talking about a lot, yeah. which was interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and just the idea of transformation and, I think what you're talking about with politics too, it, it's a time of transformation mm-hmm. and it's putting the spotlight on the, the parts of society that need the most intense transformation. And that are broken. So I shared on Facebook live, I think, yeah, last week or a few days ago when, when marijuana became legalized and people assume that because I've never smoked before, that automatically makes me anti-weed. I really don't care. A, it's it's a natural herb that just occurs in nature, you know? So, you know, I'm far more against alcohol, which I don't drink, but it's legalized and everyone is, you know, whatever. And if you want to drink, that's fine. Again, I'm not here to pass any judgment. I'm here to be aware. And so I shared this video on legalization. And I said, I was like, this is not me saying I disagree with weed being legalized. This is not me saying I disagree with weed in general or marijuana, whatever you want to call it. 
I just said, we need to stop putting so much power in this word legalization because several people have come up to me and are like, oh, are you going to smoke weed now that it's legal? No. Well, why not? I'm like, weed is the same today as it was yesterday. Science is all the same, still grows in the same places. Like nothing has changed. But now that the man is saying it's okay, everyone's just going to be like, oh, it's okay. And that's not me saying I think weed is wrong. I'm just saying the reason why I didn't smoke weed wasn't because it was illegal. The amount it's around us, like it might as well have been legal anyways. Everyone was doing it. Everyone was smoking it, growing it, selling it, you know, eating it, inhaling it, whatever. It was everywhere. But now that it's legal, I'm going to, you know, be, what? No. And so, and everyone was so hung up on the fact that I used weed as an example for this. And I was like, no, no, no. Weed is just the vehicle I use to bring the point home. That just because the government tells us something is legal doesn't mean that it changed from yesterday. doesn't mean it's like good or bad now. And people are like, oh, well, you've completely ruined your argument um, comparing weed to human rights issues. And I'm like, no, because the government deals with human rights issues. You know, children are being separated from their parents in the United States and being put in detainment centers or child, whatever they call them to make themselves feel better at night. It's atrocious. But it's legal. Has, has anyone brought up the the fun parallel of how the Catholic Church has turned into democracy? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I mean, but really, it, it like there's so many parallels because, okay, for instance, um, the Catholic church's views on women yep. and what women do, what's right and what's wrong. And I'm talking, let's to be like gentle. Black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say the Catholic church 600 years ago compared to democracy right now. This is right. This is right. This is right. This is right. This is wrong. If you do this, if you're a witch, we're going to burn you. Yep. If you have weed in your pocket we're going to put you in jail. Oh, but now it's okay. Yeah. We decided it's okay. So it's okay. You're a witch. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and this is exactly what my point was. And everyone was like, are you comparing weed to stealing babies? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, weed is literally just the vehicle that I am using. Segregation used to be legal. You know, separating people based on the color of their skin. Slavery used to be legal. Being able to own a human being simply because the pigmentation of their skin is darker than yours was legal. Raping your wife was legal. Still is in a lot of places. Yeah, still is. <laughs> still is, you know. And, and I'm not saying like, that weed is bad, like these other things were bad. I'm just saying we cannot put so much power in the fact that the government says that because something is legal means that it's okay now. Not saying that, you know, weed wasn't okay or isn't okay now. I really don't care. (laughs) It's just a vehicle that I'm using. Our system is broken. It's very obvious. 
And it's so obvious. And the people who got upset about my video are the ones who are unaware and don't want to be aware of how broken the system actually is. It's very hard to be a sheep if you know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It it bursts your bubble. Throw me to the wolves and I'll come back leading the pack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and even we were talking about this last night too on the drive home. It was like, because you were saying like your biggest thing about selling out and like using your actual voice. Um, But then how almost now it's become like being authentic and being in your true purpose. Like that's a new trend. Yeah. There's people now using that as a branding tool. Yeah. Where they're doing, but you, when you actually look into different things that they're doing and it's like, well, you don't feel very authentic to me. Like your Instagram is creating this picture, but then your reality on the other side of that Instagram is a totally different thing. But by using the hashtags for authentic and gra- grateful and gratitude, <laughs> I mean, you did that yesterday. <laughs> it's my favorite hashtag. It's a great hashtag. <laughs> less to be stressed. <laughs> but like all these things have now like being woke is a trend, right? But how many people who are woke Hashtag. It's if you think you're woke, you're probably <laughs> you're not probably. woke. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, and I, I've got this one friend. Hey, let's do a, a little uh, say hi to Cat California Cat. California Cat. Hi California Cat. Like hi California Cat. <laughs> you. <laughs> she gives me shit on a regular basis if I use the term enlightenment out of context. She's on it. She's so fast. She's like a viper. She's like, you can't just throw that word around, Sarah. Like, I'm sorry. I meant awareness. <laughs> but it's true. You can't throw that word around because it, like, it, it, awareness is one thing. And a light, enlightenment is something so much bigger. And if mm-hmm. we achieve enlightenment in our lifetime, that is so magical and so much responsibility. And I don't think people understand the responsibility that comes with being aware and the responsibility that comes from like true enlightenment and enlightenment. Uh, That's, that's not something fluffy. That's not you prancing through the meadows playing with butterflies. (laughs) It is because you have faced your shadow and you know yourself inside and out and you truly, absolutely see. And that means that you have... Go ahead. Carry on. <laughs> oh, no. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but I was just thinking, like, in light, so many people view enlightenment and awareness and even meditation and all that stuff as a destination where it's not. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a constant process that you're never out of. And like, that was something that was hitting me last night after this breath work and like, just like having to exist in the stagnation that is my heart right now. It's like, okay. Like there's so many things that are coming up to mind where it's like, I thought I dealt with that. I thought I experienced that already. I thought I went through this. I thought I learned from this already. It's like, nope. Now you're seeing it from a different perspective because you're in a different place on the path, on the journey. Like, and you, once you realize that it's like, nope, this is just always going to be how it is like ebbs and flows. But, um, you're always on this path and like always. you can't the moment you get fixated about something on that path that's the moment you step off the, off the path and the universe is going to throw something at you as a reminder to be like uh just kidding you have to go over here now or like go backwards you're gonna go backwards <laughs> but there's no backwards and forwards that's the wrong way to look at it. it's not linear but 
um, yeah, like enlightenment isn't a destination. It's not something you achieve. It's not something you get to. It's not some, even awareness isn't something you just like all of a sudden you're aware or you're woke or whatever. It's not a period. There's no period behind that. It's and there, there's nothing if you don't have the journey. No, there's absolutely nothing. And so many people are so focused on getting through the journey. I want the journey to be over. That's the purpose mm-hmm. in this lifetime. Go. <laughs> I was actually saying, I'm just going to pause us for 30 seconds because I'm going to pee myself. But I wrote a comment here that I want to mention when it comes to meditation. So just 30 <laughs> seconds. And elevator music. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could talk while she's peeing. We could talk, yeah, while she's peeing. We don't have to have dead air or like <laughs> editing. Listening to the toilet flush. <laughs> we can hear you. <laughs> um. I mean, like, we can throw some horse in there because uh, I went on Carolina's Instagram and it's not full of horse and so I'm guessing that she's not a horse girl. No. Um, If you wanted to add her, she is Miss Lena V, V V-E-E, on the gram. On Instagram. Her podcast is The Way I See It. C is like the letter C. Not S-E-E. The Way I See It. Um, Very good. Very good insights. Yeah. But yeah, with horses. I feel like Mingus is a good example. Mingus. Well, also Hendrix <laughs> for me. <laughs> and yes. And okay, so for those of you that don't know my horses, uh, <laughs> go on Instagram at Southwell Equine Services is me. I don't have a crazy fluffy name. It's very simple. <laughs> um, and Mingus is uh, mystical. Arabian gelding very mystical very mystical he might be enlightened I don't think he is dynasty is he's on his like he can he shows you the path he's yeah he's a very strange horse he's like the horse you would trust to ride on the path yes but he would take it some wild places. Super wild places. If any demons came up, though, you'd be safe. Yeah, he'd he'd be safe would, he would stomp them. He once chased uh, um, some prairie chickens that flew up <laughs> and spooked another horse that ran into me. And so then he went after the prairie chickens. He's like, because he, he, the other horse was the alpha. So he's like, yeah. okay, I can't mess with her. But those prairie chickens are fair game. <laughs> but uh, yes, that's uh, there. And there is things like there's so many horses that you're going to meet in your life. There's so many things that you meet in your life. I've had conversations with sales clerks where I'm like, that was not a sales clerk talking to me. That was the universe talking to me. Yes. And it's like, holy shit. What just happened? But when you open yourself up to that from the universe or from whatever you believe in. The guides um, are everywhere. The guides are everywhere. And they're so incredible. So Carolina's back now. Hey. Um, what was going on? Well, we were making this a little bit horsey because that is technically our our brand. <laughs> we must stay authentic to our true brands. Like keeping it real. Hashtag woke. <laughs> <laughs> we just destroyed the last. Okay, well let's talk let's talk a little bit about the uh the tarot, the horse card then. And how you want to tie that in. Well, we were just tying in the personalities of Sarah's horses that we use for some of our teachings with people or work with people on horses. And we were talking about Mingus, the super character mystical Arab that she has and then Hendrix who's like the brooding artist 
personality. He's hilarious. I'm not sure what I think of him yet because I'm brooding. <laughs> I'm brooding on my Hendrix experiences. He, um, he's the most emo horse you'd ever met. And like to to give a horse emo, he's the definition of uh, that. Yeah, the epitome of it. The epitome of it. Yeah, and so Hendrix backstory with me and Hendrix. I've only worked with him a couple times, but every time I've gone to work with him, and like I'm, I've been around, I've been around horses for a long time. Like I don't usually have this issue. I'm like every time this happens, I text Sarah and I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? It's happening again. So anyway, so. First time I went to work with Mangus, this happened. I could not catch up for the Hendrix. life of me. Hendrix, oh my God. Yeah, Hendrix. And then the second time I went to work with Mangus, oh my God, Hendrix. <laughs> um, this was like months later, could not catch him for the life of me. And every time I went into his pen thinking like, you can, like, there's no, like, well, I went into exactly how you said I went into it. It was like, I can, I'm going to catch you. We're going to do some work together, blah, blah, blah. Which is, with Hendrix, you can't do that. And every single time she texts me, <laughs> she says, he's being a dick. <laughs> I never say that. I never type it out, but I'm thinking. But she thinks, that. so then I go in and he comes, like, he comes running over to me and he's like, she's being completely unreasonable right now. And I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. And he like, he just comes up to me and then takes off. And so then I go in and I have to tell you no cat. She's a fairly strong, independent female. And I have to tell her, this is all you. <laughs> this is 100% you and right now. And I get a little bit angsty and angry. <laughs> and then I have to deal with her wrath and her glaring, piercing eyes of how dare you say this is me. And then I walk up to Hendrix, I put the halter on, and he's like, yeah, I'll talk to you. Her? No. (laughs) I love it. And it always astounds me when there are certain people who are, like, animals don't have personalities or or people who, like, keep their dogs outside because they don't get cold or they don't feel or whatever. I'm like, have you ever met an animal? (laughs) Yeah. Do you, you've got a kitty there right now? I do, yeah. I just, <laughs> shit. So I had cereal this morning and I put the cereal on my desk here and she likes to go sit at her water dish that I keep separate from her food and she sits there to let me know it's not fresh enough for her. Oh so God. yeah, so I go and I'm I'm changing her water and when I come out, she's helping herself to my milk and my cereal on my desk. She's sitting here. She's like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, that's not yours. She goes down. She's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just go have some water then. <laughs> my cat, I used, one time, like, my cat used to do that too with, like, the whole, like, water is not fresh enough thing. So I spent, like, $40 on one of those, like, cat fountains where it's, like, constantly refreshing the water. It worked for a few weeks until my cat figured out how to disembowel it from the inside. So she would literally dive into it tear all the pieces apart so that I'd come home to like a flooded kitchen because she would have disemboweled her fountain just for fun and once she learned how to do it once that was the only thing she did so now she does not get fountain water because no (laughs) cats cats are different though cats have their own thing horses this is what the conversation always always have to have where horses are never going to intentionally be a dick like they don't have the capability to um throw anything back at you there's simply a mirror 
which is also true for well, a lot of people if they're whatever. But yeah, so horses it's a different are conversation. very different conversations. <laughs> horses are much simpler than people. Um, but yeah, that's like you always have to look at it that way. It's like they're not doing anything to you specifically. They're doing it for you. They're doing it for you. They're always doing it for you. They're just mirroring things for you. Yeah. But our human nature is to blame and victimize and be like, well, I'm doing everything right. So why are they not listening? They're choosing not to listen. It's like, no, you're just not having a conversation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so back to your uh, pre-P note-taking. Right. Meditation. Um, so in terms of, yeah, meditation being, you know, a journey and not a destination, I have struggled with meditation forever because I am very much a next step person and I'm always overthinking everything. And so what has helped me and what I, I did this morning when I was meditating was envisioning every, every time I have a thought, I put it on a leaf and it goes down a river. So every time I'm meditating, and I start to feel myself venturing off and I have a thought, I let the thought come and then I put it on a leaf and it goes down the river. And I, I do this a lot, but I don't judge myself anymore for it. I'm just like, okay, there it is. And we're focusing on breathing again and breathing out. And, oh, I should get some fries at Superstore next time. All right, there it goes on another leaf. (laughs) (laughs) Breathing in again, breathing out again. And, oh, I should do a weed conversation on the podcast. That goes on a leaf. (laughs) So it's this. And so I think that now that I've become okay with that, and it is just this journey, this, like, meditation isn't this, like, destinational state. I'm okay with it. Yeah. That's I'm all right with my struggle with meditation. <laughs> something we talk about in the breathwork stuff a lot too, where it's like just being open to whatever comes up in the present and saying yes and being curious, but not like fixating on it. Like not yeah. to it, just like allowing whatever comes up to come up, feel it, experience it, and then let it go. And that's something interesting the facilitator last night mentioned was that we're in an ideal state, we would only experience an emotion, whatever that emotion may be for 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. But how many of us actually experience emotion for like a lifetime sometimes? Yeah. But we're only really designed to experience something for 90 seconds and then it's meant to just leave the system. And that can mean you have consecutive emotions for like whatever time frame. But each emotion, usually the body physically and whatever physiologically, will only experience it for 90 seconds in a healthy state. And then when it holds on to it, that manifests as pain. Yeah. And that's the restrictions that become created in our minds and in our bodies through that repression essentially and the micro trauma is building up so the major trauma is building up yeah hmm. and then that ends up being like little little like rocks you trip on on your journey sometimes <laughs> good way to put it rocks or gopher you holes you step in or gopher holes <laughs> break your ankle <laughs> yeah so i'm curious to hear what your interpretation so horses are mirrors Mm-hmm. And oh. so what do you think was your interpretation of pulling the horse for our conversation today? Ah, oh, my interpretation of it. Um, if I was to like read the, the book's interpretation, it was very much so about strength and carrying you down the right path. Like meditation and exercise as fuel and meditation yeah, and going inwards, but then also going externally simultaneously and strength 
but I, my thought on pulling that card was, it was, I think just a sign that this is right. This is the right path because that's what <laughs> exactly 1111. It's, it's so, it's so bizarre how many little things happen, but my signs end up being very horse related because that's, I'm always, that's just where my brain is at all the time. And if I dream, there's horses. If I'm breathing, there's horses. Um, that's, that's what I follow. They're my guides through everything. And yeah, to, to pull that card, that for me is a huge sign. I pulled the card so that this is where right now, this moment, this is right. Yeah. And it made sense too, like a big theme for, I mean, arguably a lot of people right now, but for sure, both of us has been just being present, Mm -hmm. like being okay with each moment and just being present each moment. And that's to a large extent what horses do for us. Like if you're on a horse and truly experiencing whatever lessons or whatever mirror or whatever reflection they're mirroring back at you it's you have to be in that present moment each present moment is going to bring something different and be the same if you're doing yoga or if you're doing whatever something you're truly in a flow state and like you're always you have to be in that present moment there's no other way to function um as soon as you take yourself out of the present motion your moment you're not you're not in that flow state anymore your journey with meditation is a perfect example of what it means to be with a horse because so many times but it is it's so perfect because so many times you're working with them and I always find that that's one of the biggest things I have to uh, help people through is those leaves Uh, they are sitting on that horse and so your spine is connected to another being's spine you are communicating mind to mind uh And when that's not happening, when you're thinking about what's for supper tonight and I don't like that sound and going down a bunny trail thinking about something your significant other did. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, my shoulder's super tight today. Emotions, pain, you're thinking about anything and you're not sending them down the river, then you are completely disconnected. So now instead of riding, the horse is perfectly capable of feeling intent and uh, communicating through intent. And when you are so disconnected, you then have to uh, resort to the, the physical. So now you're controlling and you're conquering that horse. So when that horse doesn't do what you want, more leg, more hand, more bit, more spur, you're conquering. That's exactly how you're going through your life. You're going through your life trying to conquer it. And we all know you can't conquer your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And even like you can watch Trump attempt to conquer everything. (laughs) It's going to blow up in his face and it's not working. His wife hates him. Anybody likes him. That's not a life. So when you're conquering that horse, you're, you're not experiencing what you could experience. You're not on that journey. You now have a glorified dirt bike that breathes and you're slowly disintegrating its very being and its soul. So when that was a little bit, (laughs) that's what happens. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's only because I've brought them back from that place a couple of times. And every time when you're like, no, 
this, you don't have to be here. You're a horse. You can be up here. And when you say that to them, every single horse is like, you're right. Thanks for not being a dick. <laughs> Cause they say that to us a lot more than we say that like we are dicks. Well, that's something you were saying yesterday too. It's like when you forget to have that conversation with them. And that, I mean, that should be, a, you can, you can interchange that conversation with your horse, conversation with your inner self, conversation with another person or conversation with the situation and whatever it may be. It's all connected. It's all connected. But when you're on a horse or when you're working with a horse, if there is an ongoing conversation where it's that diplomatic, essentially relationship where there's give and take, not even give and take, but just you're talking, you're communicating with each other. That's just something you were mentioning yesterday where so many times, especially with your one horse, Dennisia, it's like, she'll be screaming at you and be like, I can't hear you or like whatever it may be. And horses have different ways of bringing that up where it's like, some will do something physical to get your attention. Some will just not listen or whatever. But um, if you're open to listening to what they're saying or what they're trying to get your attention with, then you can actually re-engage in that conversation. But if you're trying to conquer something, if you're trying to just like bulldoze your way through something, you're not having a conversation with it. You're trying to take power over and that only gets you really get you anywhere it gets you causes resistance exactly and the the idea just the idea of learning how to send leaves down the river is something that ends up affecting every part of your life so if you're if you're doing something with your business and uh an opportunity pops up that you're kind of like, mm, that opportunity is like me thinking about French fries right now. <laughs> you can send that down the river too. It's, you don't have, just because something popped up, doesn't mean you have to jump on it. Yeah. You don't have to react to something instantly just like when it's there. So it's the horses we talk that they're so easy to relate to so many of these topics because they, it's wakeful meditation. It's you taking that meditation and applying it to a real life situation situation. and then taking the lessons from that situation and applying that to your whole life there. They are the guides in so many scenarios. And it's so incredible because you don't have to be a horse person to be guided by a horse. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's just being willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And then once you kind of can see this and you can, you can have that wakeful meditation, then all of a sudden like, meditating, it changes. Uh, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't change the right word. It evolves. It evolves because it becomes more of a, a state that you're existing in as opposed to a state you're trying to achieve, if that makes sense. Yes. You kind of just drop into that place. Yeah. So you're not having to have that consciousness aspect where you're like, all right, I'm sending something down a river. I'm letting it go or I'm seeing it float across the sky. You don't have to have that conversation with yourself in that, in that moment. You can just exist in that moment and all those things happen automatically for you. Because that's something I've noticed as I've gone through that journey. It's like I used to have to do the same. For me, it was like imagining myself as the river. <laughs> like I was just the river. Um, but being that flow in the water Whereas now, I mean, this this is after after substantial experience in meditation and yoga and, and starting this breathwork journey that I've been on. And it's like, now it's different in that I drop into that state and I'm just in that state. And I can come out of that state when I need to, if I want to, but I'm just in that state. And there's not much that takes me out of that state unless I choose to. 
but it, it, yeah, it just takes you to a different realm almost. It is a very different And it's realm. the same with riding. As I've been more able to just autonomously drop into that state when I'm in a meditative state or in a class or in a breathwork session or whatever it may be, or even sometimes working with clients and working with that, like it's, you just kind of can drop into that and be present with it. That transfers into my riding, that transfers into my day-to-day life, that transfers into all those little things. And we talked about reactiveness in one of our recent episodes and how you once you learn to sit back and be present in a situation or a moment or whatever it is and just let it unfold in front of you instead of saying well this and this and this and like oh I gotta get this set or oh I they shouldn't have said this I don't like how they said that I don't like how they worded it or like I need to word that whatever I call it type aing something where it's like yeah. there's a fixated like fixated goal to every reaction or a need for a reaction on its in its own um I don't know where I was going with that but you once you get comfortable like you said sending something down a river and 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 i would transfer the same thing to get comfortable with not reacting not becoming reactive individual to whatever you're experiencing the whole conversation changes whether that be with the horse whether that be with a significant other or a relationship or a friend or yourself or your inner child or whatever it may be um yeah it just changes when you stop trying to conquer your life and react to it and control it mm-hmm. and you just allow it to happen by completely letting go trusting. and trusting, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Never in the way you think it's going to. Well, I actually talk about this like in my coaching program, how like so like, the broad way my coaching program goes is we get clarity on what your desires are. So what your goals are, what you actually want to come out of this program. Then we get clarity on what your limiting beliefs are. And a lot of them are actually subconscious that you've absorbed in your theta state as a child and you're not even aware that these are your limiting beliefs. Then from those limiting beliefs, we go into transforming your beliefs. Because once you find out what those limiting beliefs are, we need to now change them into something. So if you say like making money is hard, we need to transform that belief into like making money is fun, right? And like transforming that. Then we need to clear any negative energy that you might be holding. So let's say, you know, your limiting belief was making money is hard. Now you're transforming that into making money is fun, but you still have a lot of guilt and shame blocking your energy from like carrying debt, for example. So we can do all the work in the world, But if something is blocking that, if we have energy blocking this work, it's not going to go anywhere. And then the last step is activating your divine feminine energy. And this is not to say that only women have feminine energy. This is just to say, you know, in the broad sense of feminine energy versus masculine energy, masculine energy is very independent, assertive, aggressive, whereas feminine energy is very much community, working together, empowering one another, making each other powerful. And so activating that, you surrender yourself to the universe because you have to take inspired action and and put the work in for sure. You can't just sit in a room and be like, I'm going to be a millionaire and expect it to fall in your lap. That's not realistic. That's not what's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but you have to do work that feels good. You have to take inspired action that feels good. And this is also tying into the conversation that if you have to bulldoze your way through something, if you feel like you have to conquer something and really just domineer it, 
you're creating resistant energy and that is going to block you from getting what you actually want. And so you need to activate this co-creation, this community-like feminine energy with the universe because you are essentially co-creating with the universe. You're co-creating your reality with the universe. And so you have to just surrender, let go, have faith that the steps that you've taken, the inspired action that you've taken is enough. And then the universe will help you get to the, get to the rest of it. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. It's like the Paulo Coelho quote where it's like, the universe is always conspiring with Uh your greatest dreams. As soon as you make that, clear for yourself is that the universe is on your side things are happening for you not to you yeah um things well things and that i mean that was a big part of my walk my morning walk and meditation this morning was like yeah just everything's happening the way it needs to everything's unfolding as it should like there's there's reasons to trust what's going on in all aspects like things are all working out the way they need to that's a hard thing for a lot of people super hard but it's like what you said it's we're conditioned as children in that theta state yeah to like I that was that whole sentence I was just like (laughs) that was perfect um to have those beliefs yeah so unearthing them it is unearthing them it is a lot of digging a lot of digging (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is a lot of digging and that's essentially what we call it it's called digging work and it's helping you become aware (laughs) of what's underlying there so I even just took myself through an exercise yesterday it was identifying memories in regards to money and so many interesting things I had come up for me another notebook um where it was like you know, my dad made me feel like money was the most important thing to chase after. And my mom made me feel like it was evil and wanting it was greedy. And now I've noticed throughout my life is like, I'll get to this point of having money and then I'll go completely backwards. And then I'm in this hole again. And now I have to work back up at getting to a positive state. And then, and so I go through this cycle And when I went through this exercise, I was like, holy shit, that makes sense. I had two conflicting ideas when it came to money buried inside of my head. You know, like, chase after it, but having it is bad, so let's get rid of it all. (laughs) How many people have that, though? Yeah. It's it's so awful. I think that I've really been thinking this a lot lately because I've been meeting more interesting people the next generation not our generation our generation has a lot of work to do that's we are gonna have to buckle down and not like the next next generation but the generation we create should be a fairly aware generation just for the simple fact that we know all of the things that were put in us from a young age that fucked us over And we are aware of that. And it just talking and like seeing small children now and how people um, talk to like how they raise them. The previous generations were entitled like, no, you can do no wrong. You're perfect. I was raised uh, to like the the hard work, 
hard work and you're perfect. You don't have to work that hard. Hard work is hard. I don't want that for you. So you, everything's good. We all win. I don't want that for you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want that for you. They have no work ethic. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to work right now, except for like this select few of us that are working our asses off, (laughs) but have to figure out, Oh, you don't have to, if you (laughs) let go. (laughs) And it like, it's such a strange contrast, but I'm, I'm very curious to see what the next upcoming generation has, because we've got so many more people that are aware of this and they're, they're, I don't know what they're going to teach the kids. Um, I don't know what's going to end up happening, but it has to be an improvement on this. Uh-huh. That's got to be where we're going. I, I, I think, think it always is. Like, I think every generation has been a tweak, a tweak. And like some of it's been like leftover shadows of the previous generation based on the parenting and conditioning and all that stuff. But as we go along, I mean, I, the way I felt in the last little bit about our generation is we're kind of in a renaissance. Like the cultures are, are shifting again to be more open, be more free, fight for that that open and the awareness and the accepting of everything and being open to everything. Like that's the way things are shifting and there's a lot of resistance against that too. But if you look back to other, like in history, like other Renaissance times, it was the same thing. There's a culture that was artistic and free and doing all these like crazy things and experimenting and, and finding all these new things. But then there was the opposite to that culture in the same time period that was structured religion. That's when it started to come up and it took power over the Renaissance community. Yeah. And then I feel like we're interesting transition like that again too, where that Renaissance type culture is coming up, but then you see the resistance from the structured controlled side, that masculine domination, that controlling bulldozing, conquering side coming back up in resistance too. So we're going through a similar reincarnation almost of that time in my mind. So that really ties into my Catholic church reference. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even like I've used this, like when I've, I've commented on some of your stuff with this too on, on social media, where it's like, it's almost like we're going through another witch trial scenario. Who's going to win this time? Is anybody going to win? I don't think anybody won the first time. Nobody actually wins. There's no linear path to any of this, but it's the yeah. same thing. Cultures are rising up and people are saying, well, I don't like your point of view. So I'm just going to shut it down and create mine that's right. And I'm in power so I can decide what's right. But now we have this questioning in society where it's like, well, do we have to listen to whoever is in power? Not really. What's saying that they're in power? Like what is Yeah, power? like this is a system that was implemented eons ago. Yeah. I mean, not legitimately eons, but like, you know, a long time ago. And a lot of things that worked a long time ago aren't working anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, who this just ties back into my weed video. Like, who is to say? that the system isn't broken. I'm here to say it is broken. It is very much broken. Yeah. The fact that 1% of the population earns 96% of income flowing around in our economy is absurd. I mean, we've got a lot of work to do on... uh, uh, Equality? Equality, but... um, what you were talking about limiting beliefs limiting beliefs limiting beliefs yeah that means that uh 99 of the population has limiting beliefs preventing them from making money 
100%. Yeah. Like 100% in agreement, not 100% of the population. (laughs) (laughs) That could have been confusing. Your math is off. (laughs) But yeah. 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 Something's not working. And well, here, let me rephrase. Something's not working for that 99% because it's sure as hell is working for that 1%. Right. But now we could get into conspiracy talks. (laughs) (laughs) We have to start a separate podcast. (laughs) We might. (laughs) With a fun name in the thesaurus. Yeah. (laughs) Never Uh, fails. Never fails. (laughs) We are uh, over the hour mark. So uh, I think we should probably wrap this up. And uh, not that this. I mean, this is a good, we, we kind of started leaning towards conspiracy. So let's wrap it up before we say something that uh, gets, us, yeah, gets us into trouble. Uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, for inviting me in. Where can people find you if they want to reach out? Instagram. I love Instagram. I am all over Instagram. I'm at Miss Lena V, M-I-S-S-L-I-N-A-V-E-E. I also have a website right now, but I am I'm relaunching and rebranding. So it's www.thewayiletterseeit.com, which is also the title of my podcast, The Way I See It for Carolina. But I'm hoping to merge my business and my podcast onto one platform. So Instagram is probably the safest bet. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure our listeners will enjoy this. And this has been Courses Not the Problem with Sarah and Kat. And you can find us on Instagram as well, of course, at SoFall You Find Services and at Ride Health Performance. And we will talk to you all next week. Maybe not. But, I mean, we'll talk to you next time. (laughs) Your timeline sucks. (laughs) We'll talk to you soon.